What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Let's focus on a city perhaps not known for its Bellinis, but certainly for its Nanaimo bars. This week, Nanaimo became the latest Canadian city to ban natural gas in new construction. What it means for Nanaimo is that natural gas won't be allowed as a primary heating source in home in, in homes and new buildings. Joining me now to discuss the issue is Leonard Krogh, the mayor of Nanaimo. Leonard, thank you for joining us today. Good afternoon. Nice to be on. Yeah, good to have you aboard. Uh, now, I understand this uh, vote that occurred earlier this week, it was a five to four vote. Uh, quite contentious, wasn't it? Uh, absolutely. No question it's contentious. You have a, a section in the community who really wants to eliminate the use of fossil fuels entirely. Uh, and you have another uh, section who's saying, you know, look, we understand the need to respond to uh, the climate crisis, but having said that, we want to do it in a way that's more in line with what the province has done. I mean, essentially what council voted to do was to accelerate uh, what the province is telling us we have to do by 2030. That's really what's happened, to put it in simplest terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you comfortable with the, the, the pace that your city is moving at? Well, uh, I'm not going to be cute about this. Once the decision of council is made, I'm the spokesperson for council, but I was one of the four who voted against the acceleration. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's important for North Americans, if you will, Canadians in particular, because we are probably, if not the highest, close to the highest per capita users of energy and consumption of everything in the world uh, because of the nature of our climate and our geography. Um, having said that, uh, there there are limits on leadership. I was certainly satisfied with what the province had decided was reasonable. Uh, one councillor commented that, you know, it was a certain amount of cowardice giving municipalities the option to move ahead faster uh, and the, instead of the province saying you have to do this and dictating it. Uh, but, you know, I mean, dictating an approach as opposed to a carrot uh, isn't always the most effective way to do it. I, I think there are certain incentives we know the building community is responding uh, quite dramatically uh, around the world, for that matter, let alone here in Canada or in Nanaimo, mm-hmm. uh, to ensure that buildings are emitting less carbon. Yeah, and there have been similar bans, I think, in San Francisco, in San Jose, Seattle, Cambridge, Massachusetts, and even here, I think, a city of Maine, Victoria, uh, and Quebec City as well. Toronto was considering one. We've had a similar conversation at the Metro Vancouver level. We've covered it extensively just a few weeks ago. Um, in regards to this particular vote and, and, and where we're headed, um, do you think the will of the public is there? I mean, you know, I can open up the lines. There's going to be a lot of folks calling on this issue. Uh, uh, do you think the public's there is there yet? I don't know that the public is, and uh, my question always, when it comes to issues dealing with reducing our carbon footprint, which everybody, well, pretty much everybody gets and understands, is what are the most effective ways of doing it? Uh, certainly, there's no question we've got to move away from fossil fuel, but the generation of electricity uh, requires. A number of innovative measures and you know even our, the province of alberta for heaven's sakes is generating 17 percent of electricity now with wind and solar which is a sort of little known bit of information that uh, doesn't get uh, much uh, good news if you will or, or coverage mm-hmm. but that's reality uh, how much more damning can we undertake um, 
the the storage of power, the batteries, etc., that are needed for all the cars we're going to use. These are big questions, and I, I guess because of the age I am, and I don't say pull the old man thing out too often, but uh, I, I can well remember in 1971 in geography at Malaspina College, as it then was, not now, Vancouver University. Mm-hmm. You know, the population bomb said there'd be seven, eight billion of us by the, this time, and many of us would be starving. Well, along came the Green Revolution, and, and we produce enough food in the world now to feed everybody. We don't distribute it properly. Mm-hmm. But I guess I'm I don't jump to the crisis uh, barricades as easy as I used to. Mm-hmm. Um- is this inevitable, though, if Nanaimo is one of the cities leading the way that even Metro Vancouver will follow in your mind? Oh, I, th- I think it's it's most likely. And it's probably, uh, you, you've got the uh, District of Saanich as well, which is the mm-hmm. largest, largest municipality in Vancouver. And Nanaimo's second, Victoria's third. Um, you know, essentially, you're coming close to half the population now uh, have councils that have voted uh, to support this. Um, how much difference it's going to make, we will see what impact it has in the construction industry. I mean, I listened to your newscast. We know that housing starts are down. There are some serious concerns about the economy. Uh, you know, the world is a complex place, and nobody can hide from anything anymore. So uh, how that plays out as well is going to be challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, look, if, if you, uh, I, I got to applause, which I told the audience to stop, of course, when I said, look, if you really want to affect climate change, whack up the gas tax by 50 cents a litre. And that drew tremendous applause from the enthusiastic supporters of what council had voted for. But I must tell you, if you said to the average Canadian who's trying to get to work or support their family or, or pay their rent or mortgage payment, that doesn't sound like a very appealing proposition. But it depends how far are we prepared to go uh, by way of government policy um, or government orders, if you will, or requirements to meet the challenges and show leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hit peak oil use, I gather, uh, in I think it was July or August, according to a piece in the Vancouver Sun, as I recall. And 70% of that increase was related to China alone, that increased demand. Mm-hmm. And why? Because China produces all of those goods that we Canadians happily buy because we don't produce them ourselves. So are we, in fact, just sort of exporting our uh, our participation in, in global uh, warming and climate change? Yeah, some have argued that we should uh, impose a tax here in Canada of those goods and services to pay for some of that, uh, that uh, pollution that comes uh, from uh, the GHG emissions that do come from China. And many of those countries do argue, look, uh, if, if you look, over the last 200 years, the Western world certainly burned a lot of fossil fuels to build their economies and their standard of living. So, you know, why do right. you want to get in the way of China and India and many other nations? So, and and, and they do have a point. Uh, but what I would argue, and I think many argue, is <laughs> China and India represent 40% of humanity. And it's it's one of the challenges we have is that we want you to live like we do, but we really can't afford to have you live like we do. So no, that's I mean, the conundrum. It, 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 is, it is the moral crisis of our time in some respects to recognize that uh, we are privileged in the largely in the West, and I, 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 you know, fair comment, Europe, North America, we are largely very privileged, and what you said is absolutely true. Uh, but how do you rectify that unfairness, if you will, uh, and at the same time maintain a civil society where people aren't rioting, overthrowing governments, or mm-hmm. creating revolutions? Uh, I don't think the average Canadian uh, is prepared to give up too much 
to play their role in climate change. As I pointed out to my council, um, we Canadians are responsible for 1.6% of the world's greenhouse gas emissions annually. Um, the population of Nile was around 100,000, a little more for the sake of argument. 40 million Canadians. In Nanaimo, we represent 0.004% of the world's emissions, four one-thousandths. What we do in Nanaimo is not going to have as big an impact as many would believe, but of course people are passionate about this, and, and, and I understand that. But I think we have to be realistic about what should be achieved, has to be achieved, and what we can actually achieve without tearing society apart or... Uh, creating divisions or implementing programs that, frankly, will get tossed out by a succeeding government who will come in, who who won't uh, won't continue with the policy. Mm-hmm. It's, these are challenging times. I mean, on, on one level, I'm excited because I think there are lots of scientists out there, and there's lots of innovation, and and it's encouraging it because it is dramatic. You can't live through a summer like we've lived through, or another winter like we've had, uh, and and not be frightened by what has happened. But at the same time, um, I'm, I have somewhat more faith in humanity's ability to meet some pretty dramatic challenges. Yeah. Leonard, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Have yourself a wonderful long weekend. A pleasure. And I hope everybody's able to catch a ferry to Vancouver Island who wants to get here. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> another issue for another day, my friend. Thanks so much. <laughs> thank you.